Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 17, featuring Mary Fane Brandt talking about LinkedIn marketing. So many times people get stuck in jobs because the paycheck. We have bills to pay when you hit 40, right? When you're in your 40s, you've got a mortgage, you've got kids. So you're like, I'm, what else can I do? I'm just going to keep working at this job. But that shouldn't be our mentality. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today has a ton of experience in the corporate arena working in the financial industry, specifically banking. This has given her a glimpse as to where sales professionals struggle when it comes to social selling and online prospecting. She's the CEO of Mary Fane Brandt Consulting, founder of the LinkedIn Bakery, and an international LinkedIn trainer, speaker, and strategist. She teaches entrepreneurs, business leaders, executives, and sales teams how to fill their pipeline by using LinkedIn for just one hour a day. Her client successes include landing a client one day after working with her to be being offered a job three days after getting laid off. That's pretty good. Her clients typically see a 35 to 65% increase in profile views and engagements, which leads to conversations that convert. She specializes in working with financial professionals, bank managers, IT professionals, and coaches to help others increase their visibility, but more importantly, learn how to connect, cultivate, and convert. She describes her brand as fun and informative. She's a get-to-the-point, get-it-done type of gal with a passion for color coding, colored pens, and homemade cold brew with vanilla almond milk. She lives in beautiful San Diego, California with her husband, Joseph. Without further ado, Mary Fane Brandt. Oh, that's a great bio. Thanks for reading that for me. I'm, I'm going to hire myself. Thank you so much for having me on this show. I love the name of the show. I think it's very um, specific, which I think is going to really help you attract the right audience. Well, thank you. Now, can you take a few moments and fill in the gaps from that intro and bring us up to speed with what's going on in your world? Sure. Right now, I'm in the middle of a launch of LinkedIn Remastered, which I've gathered 13 worldwide speakers. They all have some expertise, whether it's branding, copywriting, or LinkedIn. And we're diving into that for six full days. So I'm really focused on that at the moment. Because my whole thing, as you said, connect, cultivate, convert. I want to help people rethink how they're using LinkedIn to find the opportunities that are right there. And a lot of people just miss the target because they don't understand how to use LinkedIn or they hired someone that simply had the headline LinkedIn trainer because when the pandemic hit it, we saw so many people shift and they realized, oh my gosh, they had this aha moment where how am I gonna find a job? How am I gonna get in front of my potential clients oh, I need my network and I need to build that on LinkedIn. So unfortunately, we saw a lot of people shift and say they were a LinkedIn trainer when in fact, they were more of a social media manager and every platform has its ins and outs and webs and flows. And so, you know, I really want to help people understand the right way to connect, cultivate and convert. Now, backing up from that just a little bit, did you come from an entrepreneurial background at all? Was anyone in your family, did they have their own business? or? 
Yeah. So my dad, he was a real estate appraiser and he had his own company because he just couldn't work for other people. That's the story he tells, you know, and I actually worked for him for a bit. He wanted me to take that over, but that's just not where my passion was. I have to say that I saw my dad struggle. Like when it was good, it was raining money and we'd go out. And when it was bad, we were struggling to pay the bills. So I grew up with that entrepreneurship is hard and it still is, but I grew up with that mentality that you don't want to be an entrepreneur. And my dad didn't at the beginning. He's like, I I had this great job at a private school in San Diego, Bishop School. And he's like, just stay there. Just ride that out. It's going to be great. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, to tell you the truth, because of what I saw growing up. And then the only reason I became an entrepreneur is my mom got sick. And I had to make this difficult decision to leave that cushy job in La Jolla, California, where I thought I was really going to retire from, my mom got dementia. It turned into early onset Alzheimer's and I left that job so I could be her advocate and spend time with her. And I had two great years with her before she passed and not, you know, working a nine to five job. I couldn't be there for her, take her to doctor appointments. We had a turning moment when she went missing. She was one of those elderly people missing on the news where they brought out the SWAT team and the dogs in the rain on a Friday night searching for her. And five hours later, we found her alive and okay. And that kind of really changed everything for me. So when I left the school, I was like, what the heck am I going to do? I was in this pivot of what was my next career going to be? So I understood the struggle of being 50 and shifting. I had gone through an out-service placement and it was a joke that I went, it was very antiquated. So I was like, I can do this better. So I actually started as a career coach to help other people when they were pivoting and when they wanted to redefine what their career looked like. So many times people get stuck in jobs because the paycheck, we have bills to pay when you hit 40, right? When you're mm-hmm. in your 40s, you've got a mortgage, you've got kids. So you're like, I'm. what else can I do? I'm just gonna keep working at this job. But that shouldn't be our mentality and I, I want to point out that the average job length or the average length of a time at a job is really about two and a half to three years. It's okay to pivot and jump now. And that's the biggest takeaway that I want people to take from this is it's actually good for you to leave every two years. Okay. I know that being, I've got an IT background and, you know, you we're, in, we're almost encouraged to leave every two to three years. I believe you've gone on record as saying that LinkedIn used to be the ugly duckling of the social media world. It is. Yeah. How has it gotten better since you made that comment? That is actually one of my opening statements that LinkedIn used to be the ugly duckling of the social media platforms, but now it's blossomed into a beautiful swan because of the features and functionality. So Microsoft took over LinkedIn in what, 2016, and they dumped a lot of money into it and they made it more robust. It used to be a place, right, where resumes went to die. That's the big joke, right? You put your resume up and it dies. But now it's this social media platform for professionals. And it's the platform where you grow your professional network. Every platform has their purpose. But LinkedIn is the professional platform. 
And so it's so much more, it's so much more robust. And I love how it keeps growing and changing. And I was in a LinkedIn group this morning and we just discovered some new meeting features that I'll be talking about next week. Okay. So it's constantly evolving and you're constantly learning with it as well. I'm always learning. I'm in a private LinkedIn group. We meet Wednesdays at 8 a.m. for an hour to go over what's working, what's not working. We hear about accounts getting locked down, right? Why did they get shut down? So LinkedIn has their terms and conditions and you have to play by the rules or you can have your LinkedIn account shut down. So we talk about what's working, what's not working and features that we'd like LinkedIn to have. So I love this group. It's one of the ways that I stay on top of what's new and improved on LinkedIn and how I can help my clients, whether a job seeker or a small business owner. Okay. Now, what do you recommend for somebody that feels stuck in their current role and wants to try something new? How should they leverage LinkedIn or how can they move forward? Well, for the job seekers this last year, everything shifted and we haven't seen the fallout from the pandemic. We're still experiencing shortages with in some industries. You've got to know which industries are taking off. Also, remote work and the hybrid model is here to stay. So that is something to take into uh, consideration. If you're thinking of pivoting, you need to take inventory of what you're passionate about in the professional sense and where your skills lie. There's some simple exercises that I go through with my clients. Here's one. Text 10 people and ask them what makes you fabulous. Don't give them any context, right? Just ask them what makes you fabulous. Are you a problem solver? Are you a community builder, right? Then you take some of those keywords and you start looking at jobs. So instead of going right into looking for jobs, you need to do the, the foundational work of who you are, creating your own personal brand. I know you might think that's only for business owners, but I'm telling you in 2021, everybody needs to create and implement their own personal brand. As a job seeker, that's totally going to make you stand out, especially when you get on LinkedIn and start engaging with others and creating content. So create a personal brand and start growing your network because your network is probably where someone's going to introduce you to someone that knows the company that's hiring or knows the hiring manager or hears from another group of an opening that is perfect for you. Okay. That gives me a little bit more context and some of our listeners more context as well. Now, it sounded like you were you know, almost mining for keywords from your friends that you might want to concentrate on. Should you then go on LinkedIn and look for the, for those same keywords? That's just one exercise that I do with my career clients, right? We have like three or four. That's like one of helping you understand who you are and what your branding might be built around. And it's also an eye opener. Some people come back and go, I had no idea. That's how people thought of me. So I ask that you ask um, colleagues, friends, family, right? So we want to get that, what is that called? The 360 view of -hmm. how people in all different aspects of your life, how they view you, because it's really about perception, how people view you and what their perception is. Some other exercises are just simply looking at jobs that are intriguing to you and then diving down. Why are you drawn to that company or what is so intriguing about that position? 
a lot of us have transferable skills, but we don't know how to communicate that on LinkedIn. When we're trying to update our LinkedIn profiles, how do we communicate that we were in IT, but now we want to be a teacher? Maybe you were the person in IT that trained all the new employees, right? Maybe you put together the training program. So obviously you have that teaching ability. So it's really about diving down with the clients and learning what they did in the past and what they want to do in the future. So I say this, your resume is what you've done. Your resume is your past where your LinkedIn profile is your future. Future proof it. Talk about where you want to be and how you're going to get there. I'm a company of one. Should I even bother with a LinkedIn company or just use my personal profile? And if so, should, how should I even use the LinkedIn company? So I always recommend that even the solopreneur, so you have a personal profile on LinkedIn and let's establish the difference. A personal profile is yours. It belongs to one person. It should have your headshot. It should not have the logo of your company. LinkedIn, that goes against the terms and conditions. They want the personal profile to be personal. So it needs to have your headshot and information about you because we want people to connect with you, the person. A lot of people do that. They'll put the logo up. And you really shouldn't do that because at some point, LinkedIn will start monitoring and they can shut it down and then you've lost everything. So your headshot should be just a clear headshot. You should be smiling. It should be a current headshot. So you look like the person that you are in person. Forget vanity. I had a, a colleague post the other day, hey, I just updated my headshot. It's, it's been like five or seven years. He's like, I've lost some hair. Some of it's gray. I didn't look like the old headshot. He's like, pro tip, update your headshot. And I agree with that. You you know, we want to be more relatable to the people we connect with. So your personal profile is personal, should have a headshot, should talk about what you've done, your experience section. You should have a robust about you section. Your company page is an extension, right? So that is the company page. You can have your logo. You can put the articles up there now. They allow you to write articles on company pages, which can really help you drive traffic through Google. That's a whole nother training session. But I do want to say they have updated the company pages where you can have call to actions like sign up for my event, register for something, visit my webpage, get more information. But company pages are still a little blah. They don't get a lot of traction. There are ways to build your followers, but it does take time. Yeah, I wish there was a way and maybe there is and I just don't know it. But to post on your, on your regular LinkedIn profile and then kind of drive that to your company page. There are some different tactics that you can talk about. The other thing about having that company page is that is the only way you can have your logo auto populate to your experience section. Instead of having that little blah icon, when you have a logo populated, it just looks more credible, right? So if no other reason, set up a company page for that. How do you advise going about building a brand on LinkedIn? So you really need to know who you are, what you value. Mm -hmm. So I value time. Like the probably the biggest thing I value is time and people. And I don't like my time to be wasted. So I don't waste people's time. My show is 30 minutes. 
bite-sized tips for busy entrepreneurs, right? So it's bite-sized. So that's what I value and that's what people expect from me. So you want to build your brand on LinkedIn. Yes, it's your colors, it's your font, it's your logo. That is probably 20% of your brand, to be honest. The Mm -hmm. bigger part of your brand is how do you want people to feel when they see or hear your content? So on a live show, I want people to feel energized. I want them to learn something with my content that I put out. I talk with my hands. You can see me right now. I talk with my hands. I'm joyful. I'm energetic. And my branding is all like that because it's too hard to be two different people, right? Mm -hmm. If my branding was very subdued and quiet and very calm, and then you were to meet me, the branding would be off. There would be a disconnect and people would go, but that's not Mary Fane Brandt online. I don't know who this Mary Fane Brandt is. What else is she hiding? Okay, that makes sense. So how do you feel about using emoticons and the different icons on LinkedIn? I've always thought of not doing it, but I've recently seen people, including yourself, that have done it and it it looks good. And that's why you use them. You answered your own question. Why do you use them? Do you use too many? No, don't. It's not Instagram, folks. So you don't want to fill your posts with those. But you know what it does? Doesn't it look nice when you see it? Doesn't it kind of catch your attention? Yeah, it does. I would have to kind of go through and tweak it a little bit. But yeah, I can definitely see where that could come into play. Yeah, so don't overuse them, but some bullet points, some arrows, you want to break up your text. It's scientifically proven that when you use an emoji or an arrow or a bullet point, that your eye stops like a half second more, right? So scientifically, the reason I'm using them is it's easier to read. It makes people stop. You know how you can read sentences that are all jarbled? As long as the first letter and the last letter are in the right place, you can read a whole paragraph. Because that's the way our brain processes. But an emoji, your brain has to stop and go, what is that? Is that a smiley face? Is that a sad face? Is that an arrow? A bullet point? Where am I supposed to look? So it's actually about getting people to stay on your content just a little longer. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, I should use ambiguous looking icons. (laughs) Well, I I, I don't know about that. You want them to be on point. So, you know, like an arrow. Here's what we're going to learn today. And I'll put an arrow or a bullet point. Here's the three things you're going to learn in today's show. Okay. Now, what are some of the tools you recommend for using on LinkedIn? I've noticed that my LinkedIn on my PC is different than LinkedIn on my tablet as far as the options. So you're talking about desktop versus the app. And those two things are always different. So there's the mobile app and it's always different than on your desktop. And those will always be different. The one thing I do suggest is that everyone get the app on your phone Mm -hmm. because we all have times, you know, doctor appointment or kids soccer game. Maybe you just want to sit there and and get on LinkedIn and see what's going on. I'm a big proponent of an hour a day of LinkedIn will get you the biggest ROI. You don't have to spend hours a day, but you need to be strategic right? So I like Monday mornings is like, I dive in, I see what's going on in the world. You know, who's posting? What are people talking about? Can I comment and engage? So that's like the biggest tip is to really start commenting and engage on posts of people that are in your network, as well as people that you're not connected with, so that you can strategically grow 
um, a strong network. As far as programs, are you talking about, you know, the app versus, or are you talking about scheduling? Like I, I'm, I'm a program queen here. I love apps and programs. We could do a yeah. whole show on that. Well, I know that you've got the uh, gadget podcast as well. But what I was referring to specifically was just kind of apps, both for scheduling and for a lot of things, I don't even know what's possible with uh, regards to LinkedIn. So as far as scheduling, I use Agora Pulse because it has the analytics. You can see, so there's three tools. So Agora Pulse and Promo Republic are two great scheduling tools. Agora Pulse is always looking to update. I just got off a, a research call with them last week. Like, hey, what would you like uh, to see us add? And I did give them my recommendations. What I love about Agora Pulse, so if you're on multiple platforms, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, you can see all the comments. So when you use Agora Pulse, instead of going to each of those platforms, what you can do is you go to Agora Pulse and we call it Inbox Zero. You can see the comments and you can reply right there from one platform. So that is a great tool. If you're just getting started, Promo Republic is great. And the reason I like Promo Republic, I used to use that, is they actually give you prompt ideas and they're broken down by categories, you know, motivational, analytical. They're also broken down by platform, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, right? So they break that down and they give you inspiration and they also provide images. So if you're just getting started, Promo Republic is a great tool to kind of get used to creating content and posting it out there. And again, I think you can connect up to 10 profiles on both of those is I connect up to 10 on each of those. I like both of them for different reasons. So that's a great scheduling tool. And then for the entrepreneurs, if you're looking to get analytics, I do have to say that LinkedIn doesn't provide good analytics, right? They kind of suck, right? They're, they don't tell you like on Tuesday at 9 a.m. you had the most views. They just really suck. But there is a tool called Shield AI, and that will give you the LinkedIn analytics. It breaks it down by week, by month, by quarter, by year. It also breaks it down by type of content. And they just added some new features that I'm still diving into. They give you a word cloud that tells you what your the posts were about. And I can tell you when I use that tool, when I look at it, I can confidently say that Wednesdays are my best engagement day because I go live and I get the most engagement on my LinkedIn lives. Now, how often should someone post on LinkedIn and what should they be posting? Ooh, that's a loaded question. You should post what your audience wants to know about. So if you're a job seeker, are you positioning yourself as a thought leader in the industry that you're either in or trying to get to? So if you're a manager trying to move into a senior manager or a VP role, are you posting content that is relevant to that position? So culture, how you handle teams, leadership development, right? So that's a really loaded question that I work on with my clients one-on-one. We come up with a 30-day content strategy that they can kind of rinse and repeat. I actually find 90 days of content strategy with someone 
three months of doing it with them helps them so then they can go and do it on their own. So content wise for a business owner, what are you pushing out? What do you want people to do? Do you want them to sign up for something? Are you looking for more engagement? Is this a brand awareness month? I think it was in March, we finally rebranded. We got the new website up, new logos. So I was trying to announce that to the world. So I was sharing, hey, did my new website. Hey, can you jump over there and make sure there's no typos? Because y'all know I'm dyslexic and I've read this thing 10 times. So I think one of the, the mismarked on LinkedIn with content is people aren't humanizing it enough. They're thinking above the level or they're overthinking it. Have some fun with it and humanize it. I always say H to H, human to human. There's a person behind the profile. There's a person reading your content. Talk to that person. Don't overthink it. Make it more conversational. So that is like one tip. As far as how often, again, that changes for what are you working on right now? What is your goal for LinkedIn? Is the brand awareness? Are you trying to get your name out there? I always say, if you're just starting off, post twice a week. You want a little more, post three times a week. It's not Instagram. You don't need to post daily and you don't need to post twice a day. They actually say if you've posted, if you've created content and it's getting a lot of engagement and a lot of reach, they say don't post until it starts to die down because then you're going to take away from it. But it just depends what you're doing. Right now with LinkedIn Remastered, last week we were posting every day about this to get people to sign up and to tell them instructions like, hey, you're going to be getting emails, join the group. So it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Now you touched on groups. I've had limited success in my LinkedIn groups. LinkedIn groups suck. I'll say it. Supposedly, they're putting a team together to work on them. I have yet to see them really be successful. So I'm running LinkedIn Remastered right now. And the joke is in the email, it says sign up for the private group. And I say PPS or PSS, right? I say, um, I know Facebook group. And this is all about LinkedIn. Why? Because LinkedIn groups suck more about that later. Because LinkedIn groups don't have the functionality and people don't engage. That's been my experience too. It's usually you I don't waste my one, time on them. It's kind of a vacuum. Okay. It's, I feel like they shoot yeah. out a lot of spam. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is creator mode? So creator mode is a relatively new feature. Mm, I think they started rolling it out in May and they're trying to support the freelancers and contractors on LinkedIn because that's a huge population, especially with a pandemic, a lot of people decided they're not going back to corporate. They're going to go full-time in their business. They're a freelance graphic artist. They're a freelance copywriter, a freelance videographer. So creator mode is for those people that create and it's to showcase their content. So what it does is um, it moves up your content higher. It moves it up above the about you section. So it's like you know, you see the background banner, you see your headshot, you see, I think, two sentences of your about you, and then it'll show you your content. I had it turned on because I wanted to test it. What I found is my profile views went down. Okay. Well, that's kind of unintuitive. <laughs> right. A few of us in the group, we tested it, and most of us ended up turning it off. Okay. Now, what's been the most difficult part of uh, running a LinkedIn consulting marketing business for yourself? 
Oh, that's a great question. The first word that comes to mind is focus. <laughs> I only do LinkedIn. I have to say I'm very focused. I I do live. I can train someone on how to put together a live show. I can help you put together an event, but it's all LinkedIn, right? I'm not a Facebook trainer. I'm not an Instagram trainer. I'm a career coach and LinkedIn consultant. So I am focused on that, but I do have SOS syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of that medical term, shiny object Uh, syndrome. Yeah. Very familiar with shiny object. Yeah. I like to learn a lot of things. So when I say focus, I need to focus more on things that I'm working on, not take on other projects. It's hard to stand out in the sea of sameness on LinkedIn. I try to be myself and I want to attract the people that want to work with me. So I don't think it's a problem of not being known on LinkedIn. I think I'm well known. There's other things that just as entrepreneurs, we have to work on like closing sales, doing the ask, repurposing our content, Instead of trying to do content every day, taking one piece and turning it into 10 things. Which do you prefer, LinkedIn stories or articles? Oh, articles stay forever. So when you ask me what I prefer, if I'm working with a client, I'm going to tell them to do both. Articles live forever. They give you that authority and that credibility. It's a way for potential clients to learn more about you and your brand. So I think that they're important. Um, I think that you should be doing an article once a month just to keep it up there. Stories are fun, quick snippets that get your name in front of people. With stories, it can lead to an opportunity. So when someone did a story, like we knew each other, but we hadn't talked, right? Mm -hmm. We know each other from the social media marketing world. She did a story and I commented on it, which goes to her inbox. And that started a conversation between us. So again, it's different functions, right? Okay. So I I think stories are great to show people the behind the scenes or, hey, I'm going live at nine o'clock, come join us, right? So they they really have different functions. Are stories more time sensitive? Do they expire? They expire in 24 hours. Let's talk about the LinkedIn accelerator that you've got coming up in a few months. Oh. I'm so excited. So I work really hard one-on-one with my clients. You know, it's an in-depth four-month training program. Um, But not everyone can afford that price point. And I really wanted to create something that everybody could join and that still offers that live training. So it's not a course where you're going to get videos and you're going to have to figure things out on your own. I'm not a proponent of that, so I couldn't create that. The LinkedIn Accelerator program is a live coaching series for six weeks. You get me live on Mondays. We're going to do a live training. Wednesdays, you're going to get a hot seat and like a Q&A. Like, are you stuck? Do you want us to go over like your headline or your profile or searching wherever you're at? We're going to answer those questions. And then we're going to have implementation weeks. Because the worst thing is, right, someone tells you, trains you how to do something, and then you leave the program and you haven't done the work. So I built in two implementation weeks when one is all about your profile. You're going to do the work and we're going to help you get through it. So it's six weeks. We're launching uh, the beginning of October and the price point is amazing. There's going to be a core track at $497 and there's going to be a VIP track at 997, and that's only for 10 VIPs where you're going to get an extra one-on-one session with me during the whole course. So 
how has the pandemic impacted your business? It, it sounds like it may have actually improved things. I want to say the speaking opportunities still came in. We had to learn how to make online trainings a little more engaging, mm-hmm. right? So there was a little curve there, but it didn't really impact me negatively like it had for other people because all my trainings were on Zoom anyways, mm-hmm. right? We have client portals. All of our clients have their own portal section where we do all the communication. So it was all online. I actually even did an online, get this, I have a client who co-wrote a book. And so we did a virtual book launch and it was a two hour virtual book launch with a, a saxophone player, a bartender and raffle prizes. So I learned a lot and I stretched myself. But I would have to say that it it didn't affect me negatively. Okay. Let's get ready to wrap this up. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about or add? Just for those that are looking to pivot in the career, now is the time to really put that thought into that. I've worked with and heard so many people, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. My boss doesn't support me. Let's fix that. Like literally, let's fix that. I just worked with someone. She just got a new job two weeks ago. She's so excited. It's right up her alley. But we revamped her entire LinkedIn profile and built up her connections because she was really just starting out. So you really need to work on your LinkedIn profile, you guys, and your network. And those are the two things that I love working with my job seekers, my career clients. You know, Let's level you up. Let's build up your confidence and let's get you in a happy job. They're out there. They exist. So what's the number one piece of advice that you can give our listeners? You may have just given it. Oh, I'm, well, for job seekers, yeah. For the business owners, you know, it takes five years to build a business. Right when you think that it's not going to succeed and you're ready to give up, I want to encourage you to give it another six months to nine months and you're going to turn that corner. I want to say that you've got to realize it costs money to do business, Get a virtual assistant to help with production, with social media, hire someone. It will be the best investment that you can make. Hire earlier. I wish I had hired my VA earlier. She's been with me, I don't know if it's two years, going on three years. Best decision I made. I didn't think I can afford it. That's what most people say, but you can. What's the best way for people to check you out and get in touch with you? So either connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you saw me on the um, Entrepreneur Over 40 show, or you can check out my newly branded website, maryfanebrant.com. Let me know what you think. And if you catch any typos, definitely send me an email and let me know. Okay, will do. That's a wrap. Thank you, Mary, for being my guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been my pleasure. Mary was a great interview and a lot of fun to talk with. This is a short episode, but it's packed with bite-sized tips for busy entrepreneurs. Mary is a big fan of using LinkedIn to connect, cultivate, and convert clients. She said that it's never too late to pivot into a career if you are unhappy with where you're currently at. The average length of a job now is only two and a half to three years. Mary advised canvassing friends and colleagues to find out what makes you fabulous and to use that list of keywords when looking for the next opportunity on LinkedIn. A lot of our skills are transferable to different careers. She also advised to create a personal brand and to start growing your network, because that's where your next opportunity is likely to come from. 
She said the main advantage of having a company page if you're a solopreneur is that so that you could have the logo reflect on the experience section of your LinkedIn profile. You can also put articles on it that you've written. Your personal profile should have a recent headshot and should have a robust about you section. Mary is a big fan of using emoji to break up the page. She referenced a study that said the brain has to pause for comprehension when it encounters an emoticon or emoji. She advocating using scheduling tools like Agora Pulse or Promo Republic to post content. Regarding posting, Mary advised that you should try to post once daily, but that it really depends on how often your audience wants to hear from you. She also advised publishing an article once a month to build authority. Now, she's going to have a LinkedIn accelerator program starting in October that can help you move the needle with, with regards to LinkedIn. Now, next week, we'll have on Joe Draper, the base chakra for your biz. Find out what that means next week on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app so that you don't miss it or any of the other episodes. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.